back to the, the Kingsway Podcast. Podcast. It's You're, been a minute. It has been a minute. I haven't been on here in a while. It's in case we release these in a different order. This is the first one we're filming after breaking for August. Yeah. So this may be the second or third or whatever, but this feels, I don't know, good to be back. Feels smooth. <laughs> for those of you only listening, I roast my own coffee and make coffee every day, and I tried a super different recipe. Normally, I try to grind it pretty fine and, like, do a lot of whatever. This time, it's, like, super coarse, bouldery, like kosher salt. Mm. And I used a really low temperature. None of this matters. Low anyway, and slow. I love it. No, I, I, I took first sip on, on camera, if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah. If you're listening, first sip on audio. And it was delicious. It's, like, smooth mm. as crap. I'm going to say it's baby's butt smooth. Mm-hmm. This coffee feels like mm. baby's butt. Yep. <laughs> don't no. Nope, don't finish that. But not not the other. <laughs> not, not at the bad times. Well, I know we. Uh, I know we took a break in August, and I I I know you and John uh, did a verse of the day, and there was a couple things that uh, we you kind of finished out at the end of uh, even July. Uh, I, the August break kind of came intentionally, but kind of unintentionally. We we had our camp at the beginning of the week, and then just a few things that popped up. When we just decided, hey, we're gonna come back and hit a strong. In September, um, yeah. and we have some staff changes and some things going on at the church, so it just allowed us to kind of. But you've possibly uh, already known about that. <laughs> yes, that's if true. you're listening to this, that's very, very true, and you may have a chance to meet them, and I hope you have. Uh, but today we're not gonna we're not gonna get super creative, but we are gonna have some fun, and this is the most intense part of the episode where we actually look up what the verse of the day is and terrify as and then, we can, and then study it in <laughs> front of you <laughs> yeah. and tell you about it. As best we can. The verse of the day ones are always fantastic because I feel like this is like when we try to use the uh, what our college has taught us. <gasps> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Woo! It's, a, it's, it's a not psalm. a minor prophet. It's a psalm. <laughs> <sighs> oh, gosh. You already knew that because you saw the title of the video. What's, what, what's funny is uh, when great when anxiety was great within me is the first part of the psalm. <laughs> like, well, it's yes. not untrue what a couple seconds was. Um, Psalm ninety four nineteen. Uh, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. And another way of saying that is comfort. Comfort. Renewed. Yeah. Uh, the, I, the NLT when says when, when your when galaxy was in me. Your galaxy. And that's always how I read consolation. Oh, that's like constellation. Constellation. <laughs> I'm always like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, was uh, uh, I, what I love about any psalm is when you change the version, it yeah. actually brings more power to it. So you said yeah. you had NLT. What's NLT. the NLT? Uh, I almost read verse 20. Can unjust leaders claim that God is on the side? <laughs> oh, no, God. just kidding. Verse 19. <laughs> when doubt filled my mind, doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Wow, I think she is a fun word choice right there. That is like, crazy yeah. different. Yeah. No consolation, no <laughs> consultation, no whatever. It's, yeah. <laughs> I was looking at uh, what the what different versions are here. I wanted to see. Yeah. These up. Because I, I want to see what Eugene Peterson said. Oh, there we go. There we go. Verse 19 in the message. When I was upset and beside myself, you calmed me down and cheered me up. Yeah. 
I love that. Okay, and I want to go eat. Uh, now that I know it's a psalm day, I'll put this right here <laughs> for decoration. You're pulling up the psalms. <laughs> I'm not going to open it because that goes against what we're trying to do here. But ESV. Yeah, there's this whole type of psalm. When the cares of my heart are many, your constellations cheer my soul. I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they use cheer, so I think cheer is like a better translation maybe of whatever word or maybe more people agree on it. But but say that first part again. When the cares of my heart are many. Yeah. Mm. That's strong. That, That's powerful. That is, that is really powerful. And I think, too, those that struggle with expressing like deep sadness or anxiety as an emotion, um, they would, cares of their heart, I think just allows people to kind of find themselves maybe in that a little bit yeah. more. Maybe not. Maybe I cares of my heart are many. And I think a lot of times the cares of your heart, you can't control. Yeah. So what's fun about the Psalms is that for every, for like every other genre in the Bible, you need to do so much work on context and so much work on whatever. And you can do that here, but what the Psalmist is outputting pretty much every time is not data. Mm. It's not, these are true principles to recite. It's, it's usually like emotion. It's usually, I feel this way. Where are you in it? Like, mm. like you said at, uh, do you say that this past Sunday? Your counselor always says, where's God in the midst of it? Yep. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I said. Yep. Yeah. And I, ugh, yeah, man. I mean, Psalms are always, uh, what's funny is I have some friends that are going through some really hard things and, even uh, even my dad and I were talking about how the Psalms are kind of um, they're like the playlist of heart language for a person that's followed Jesus for a long time. Like yeah. that, you almost like pull the track out. You know, you're just like yeah. <laughs> you sing. You're like Green Day. I'm all by myself. You you know you yeah. mean like you pull off the tracks of like um, Incubus and like uh, you you pull up all these old songs, the Eagles the you know, the Billy Jeans, the, you know, the yeah. moments where you're like, golly, these are weird songs that have deep impact in, you know, not just, um, not just in the moment I heard it the first time, but then every sequential time after that, like you could yeah. be on a road trip, the song comes on and you're like immediately transported back there. But it also brings that energy into the current. Like the, yeah. it brings that experience kind of and connects it with the current moment and, they have an ability to almost add on. So the Psalms have that too, where like yeah. you heard it the first time, but then every time after that, if you hear it and you've been in pain or like something's going on yeah. or it connects with well, and then it kind of just pulls it all together. So the Psalms, as you get, I think, older and older in your faith, they become more and more precious and more and more powerful. Yeah. I mean, they really do. It's, I, I, early in my faith journey, I was trying to find like rules and formulas and things that made things make sense. Yep. And logically, logically, that like, like, uh, and I, I've seen some like prosperity, health and wealth kind of Christians and preachers go off the deep end with this. They'll they'll take a verse like this and be like, "When doubts fill my mind, you comfort me, or your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer." And they're like, "That's a promise. <laughs> when you're doubting, he will comfort you every time, no matter what you're doing, no matter if you're eating a cheeseburger or not <laughs> thinking about him, if you're." like diving deep into your numbing agents and your self-defense mechanisms, he is promised to, and that's not it. No. Like, that's that's a formula. You're looking for what I was looking for. Now, I was looking for some, like, 
like <laughs> how do I know I'm saved stuff and yeah. like some like like Jesus works exactly this way and believes these beliefs and whatever. Mm-hmm. But the further I get into the Christian faith, I've I've realized that I've read John three sixteen and heard for God so loved the world and thought that's a fluffy intro intro piece. Now how do you do it? Yeah. That he gave his one and only son so that whoever believed in him and and it makes you think that this is some unstoppable machine, cogs and gears moving forward, and that it's a process and that's what it's about. Rather than for God the Father, fathers usually have a lot of emotions about their children or a lot of feelings or ideas about their children that are important to them. Yep. For the Father God so loved the world. This process was so costly and nothing could push him to that. Nobody could force him to that. Nothing could push him to that other than deep, deep, deep love heartbrokenness that that he wanted to change and he was willing to sacrifice for to give up for and so like for if if you were like me and i'm still a little bit this way but i'm trying to get better if you were still like me and you're like i don't get the psalms like why are they all just mushy gushy whatever and it's we we've talked about this in our worship walls thing too where people are afraid of emotional worship songs and personal worship songs that are kind of just like untethered to anything real. And they're just like, I feel like, like a plastic bag. Yeah. No, Uh, not the Katy Perry worship song, but, (laughs) uh, but like, they're afraid of that kind of stuff. And if we didn't have any examples of that, I'd be really afraid of that too. Like you just want to be so loose with all that. You have 150 Psalms that are doing that, that are probably the most recited thing for every like good ancient Israelite. And they're they're a diary entry. I know. I love the I love the concept of heart language, and yeah. it's it's you know the Bible talks about that several different times where it mentioned things like where your body and your mind and your your, your soul cries out without words, but the God you know God understands and people understand, and we have that in our culture. Maybe not to the level that some cultures have, but you know body language, grunts, and like yeah. you know sounds that mean things. Um, you know, they can even be slang, grieving and pain and heartache. Um, it has its own tones and language and depth that it goes beyond words. Yeah. Um, that's why I love cinema and that's why we talk about movies on here so much. Then I love the painful yeah. ones is because there are times that I see myself locking eyes or locking body language or locking a tone that's not verbal in a yeah. movie and it's yeah. so so synthesizes with what i've felt before it so feels so similar to what i've seen in my own heart or i've yeah. experienced in my own life that it goes beyond words and as weird as this sounds there is tone and body language and beyond words in the psalms yeah that when you read them and you hear them I, and i love that you mentioned john three sixteen even as like a a way that a gospel can even carry some of that tone. And I think the gospel of John carries that tone more than any other because it is yeah. a, an intentional piece. To kind of start put John 3.16 up in our in our English uh, class at Ozark because I yeah. <laughs> couldn't make it into Greek because <laughs> <laughs> I was really smart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so smart. But she put it up in our English class at Ozark and she talked about the importance of understanding English and she used that verse as the thing to teach us. And she said, you read God so loved 
but you don't realize in the English language, so carries um, the weight of what comes beyond the loved. And so mm-hmm. it's like the so is like how big, right? Like yeah. the so is the how large. And so it says so loved. And so it's like how how much love is there? And so the next words that come beyond the love tell you how large it is. And I remember learning that for the very first time in her class and being like, English is the stupidest language ever. But also that's really cool because the next word beyond loved is the world. And so because God's love was as large as the world, <laughs> he could choose to lay down his son. It, it, yeah. Nothing in the world was beyond what he could love because his love was large as the world was as yeah. large. And it, and, and it really more is the context of like his love was beyond what the world needed like his love was so large and i i remember looking at that and being like all i had was taught that it was his son and then if we believed in him you know what i mean yeah you know like that transactional part formula out of that (laughs) Uh which yeah there is kind of a formula in it but is that all there is and it's it's no it's a picture it's like a good storyteller saying like yeah for god was so deeply brokenhearted longing for us that he was compelled to yep. give his own son. Yeah. The motivation is what yeah. I didn't grow up with being yeah. emphasized. It, it's the same thing that, you know, we talked about in a sermon just a couple weeks ago. It's just the idea of, like, I didn't come for the well. I came for the sick. You know, it's not the hot. Yeah. You know? And then he says, I didn't come for the perfect people. I came for the sinners. And I called the sinners to repentance. The way I heard was that yeah. that, that line was always delivered to me as, you know, you're a sinner, so repent. Rather than like, hey, we're separated. Yeah. Come home. Your sickness breaks my heart and I want to do yes. something about it. That idea of repentance at the end of the sentence was never emphasized. It was always sinner. Yeah. You know, you're a sinner, you know? And it's like, yeah, you're right. But the end of the, at the end of the emphasis is is repentance. And repentance is about how you're facing away from God. You're walking away from God. And he longs for us to come home and he's not wooing sinners with a hammer he's at a meal at their house talking to them face to face this is not a he God. got in trouble for being present yes with them. he's like trying to woo them back with yeah. love and yeah. kindness and like there's not a hammer there it's it's a hug <laughs> like it's yeah. an embrace it's a handshake i mean yeah. and, and in my mind i just was never and I think the Psalms do such a good job of before even Jesus is in the world of looking towards a God that they know deeply cares. Yeah. But at times the world seems to hide that or make it feel distant or make it feel like it's untrue. But yeah. every psalmist at the deepest part seemed to cling to the idea that God is compassionate, loving, caring, and knows that we yeah. need him. Now, let me shine some light on this genre, and it's going to take that point further. So we get verse 19, and it sounds like, when doubts fill my mind, your comfort gives me renewed hope and cheer. Mm-hmm. Like, is that about That's from the movie Elf, with, right? Yeah, it's from, <laughs> yeah, it's, sorry, sorry, sorry. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Uh, thanks, Mr. Narwhal. Uh, it sounds like it could be about anything. I had a rude customer at, at yeah. McDonald's or mm-hmm. whatever. I had a... I had a but this is this is a common type of psalm called a lament psalm. And most of them are mm-hmm. lament about something in, in general or like I can't 
feel your presence or I can't, whatever. But a lot of them, I'm not saying this one is necessarily, a lot of them are David running in the wilderness, yep. being chased by the current king, even though he's the rightful king. He should be king. Yep. And this other guy's mad about it. He's chasing him with this band of soldiers. And it's mm-hmm. David, maybe alone, maybe with some people, different times. I don't really know. Yep. I think with, <laughs> with his mighty band of uh, Robin Hood soldiers stealing from King Richard or something. Anyway, uh, <laughs> something like that. Running through the forest. Don't worry about it. Anyway, uh, but but he feels like outnumbered, outgunned, like at any moment he could be captured and killed. Yeah. It's like an actual violent. And uh, so a lot of these come come to like danger. A lot of these also come to injustice. Mm-hmm. God, how long are you going to let this absolute BS go on? Mm-hmm. The weak are suffering and the and the and the wealthy are getting stronger and the whatever. Yep. And so like the beginning of the song bologna it's like when my way. doubts are blah blah blah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. bologna sandwich. Um <laughs> the same way that BA Baracus from the A team is bad attitude Baracus. <laughs> nothing nothing else BA stands nothing, for. Nothing nothing. Uh but it's it's the same thing with this. We have that little when doubts or whatever you come for me. That's in the middle of how this psalm starts. O Lord, the God of vengeance. O God of vengeance, let your glorious justice shine forth. Arise, O judge of the earth. Give the proud what they deserve. How long, O Lord? How long will the wicked be allowed to gloat? How long will they speak with arrogance? How long will these evil people boast? They crush your people, Lord. Hurting those you claim as your own. They kill widows and foreigners and murder orphans. The Lord isn't looking, they say. And besides... The God of Israel doesn't care. That's almost like God is a bear, and mm-hmm. you're like prodding him with a little <laughs> electric like thing, and like have a T-bone steak. Like you're trying to like woo God into action. Our, this this kind of talk makes me think of the way that um, people talked about the United States at the, when we got into World War II. Uh, they had bombed here. Uh, no, they had bombed Pearl Harbor. Sorry, yeah. a little later they had oh. bombed Pearl Harbor. And the language that the American people used is you have awoken the sleeping giant. Yep. It's this super ominous, super. And yeah, like we had a part to play in it. I don't know exactly. I don't know numbers or stats, but like, I'm pretty sure our involvement swayed yeah. something about it. Oh, a lot. Um, but, yeah. But it's like, it's that, it's that like, how long are you like Europe? How long are you going to sit there and watch them do this to us before mm-hmm. you get up and do something? Don't yep. you care? Yep. But instead of two countries who may not have anything to do with each other at this point, very little, like, on separate continents, it's a father. Yep. David even talks about him as his father, as his overseer, as his whatever. Um, fun fact, in the Psalms, but also in, in the Old Testament after the first five books a lot, um, God, there's this word used of God, helper. And it's the same word used of Eve in Genesis 1 or 2 or mm-hmm. something like that. It's not good for man to be alone. Instead, I'm going to create for him a helper. And we've used that word a lot to be like, yeah, you only help. You don't do. You don't do You stay anything. in your little corner and wait for me to need help and get in over my head. And then you can help a little bit. But otherwise, do the chores and do the whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, just trying to use that word and our connotation for helper. Well, most of the rest of the times that word is used, it is... Uh, I am Israel's helper in war with Egypt or whatever, in war with the Philistines. Like, is God a subservient, sit in the corner, (laughs) kitchen maid? Like, no. He's like, I will help you. Yep. When all you have is 20% of what you need, I will step in, and you have a million percent of what you need. And, like, 
So like God is God is interactive with Israel and all these battles and all this injustice talk and all this whatever. And so we find the when doubts and whatever prevail, when doubts is probably not like, I don't know if God's real. Doubts is like, this has been going on for a while. Does he even care? Yep. He comforts me and his comfort brings me whatever. Yep. That like, like even down to verse 10 uh, or eight and eight through 11. Think again, you fools. When will you finally catch on? Is he deaf? The one who made your ears? Is he blind? The one who formed your eyes? He punishes the nations. Won't he also punish you? He knows everything. Doesn't he know what you're doing? Yep. This like, yeah. I love it. I love it because it, what it takes is it takes the communal doubts yeah. or the the nation's doubts. Yeah. And the psalmist normally pushes back with personal faith. Yeah. Pushes yeah, back yeah, yeah. with personal conviction. So it takes the 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 naysayers or like what what would be like the mob mentality, and then most of the laments end with personal conviction. But I know. But we, you know, you know, and sometimes it says we, but most of the time it is like a, but God, you, you do this for me. You yeah. know, you help me do this. Bad and, stuff is you and us. Good mm-hmm. stuff is you and me. Yep. Generally. And so generally, not always, but it is funny how like that is what the psalmist is trying to do. He he hears the voices. He hears the the tones. He sees the crowd. He sees the pain. He recognizes yeah. the torment. But then there's this personal side where God is speaking. That's why I love yeah. that cares of the heart and then like yeah. speaking and cheering my soul. You know, it's like it's that yeah. personal side of things where it's like, no, the world is telling me this, but your encouragement is speaking to the deepest parts of yeah. me. And it's encouraging me. What's really cool is that a lot of these psalms speak to people going through anxiety, depression, et cetera, some like different mental health things. And for how much we've realized that people are dealing with those to a disorder level to like, mm-hmm. like a general disorder level where like they, they are in their adrenaline mode a little more than they should be yeah. for things that don't seem to make sense to trigger that or, or they're, they're like breath knocked out of them yeah, a little more than they should be like, like their mom didn't die. They just like woke up and they're like the breath's knocked out of them. Yep. Like it, these Psalms speak, Speak to those people. Like maybe it could be situational. Maybe you are in the military and you're overseas and you are in a really scary situation. God, where are you? We've been in this for two hours and every second could be my last second. Yeah. And it could also be, God, I've been like anxious about things not going my way, but like because of some like chemical imbalance in my head, and I am just like twenty four seven, heart at one hundred and twenty BPM. Yeah. Like, where are you? You made my body. You know how this works. Where? Why is this happening? Where? There are all these lament psalms, and this is one of them. Absolutely. And I think those the what you're speaking to hits everything in between. Whether it's yeah. the person that has their bills paid for, they have a good job, they have the wife and the family that they've always wanted, but something inside of them just won't settle. Yeah, and it's a chemical thing. Whether it's you know some yeah. sort of psychological, mental, whether it's pain or un un undealt with trauma yeah. from before, whatever it is, Psalms hit that right. Yeah. But then everything to the guy that's in the trenches in World War yeah. II that's like, hey, this Psalm is legit. Yeah. Like, help me. Um, but everything in between the the person that wants to be married, that's single, that just nights get hard, uh, yeah. to the person that that every month is a struggle to pay the bills. 
and they're yeah. just trying to make it and it just feels like every month is a struggle and like point. like when it's yeah. you could almost barely pay your bills but like car breaks down yeah car breaks down again flat tire which like you hit a nail or something yeah. it's like how long how yep. many months do i have to go through scrounging begging like like squeezing every last cent out of and i think what of, i earn think like, of people that have like diseases that yeah. just aren't curable that they they have to live with ms for the rest of their life and they're yeah and they're just sitting in pain and there's no cure and yeah autoimmune um some sort of form of you know diabetes that can get really yeah. bad you know and they're like this yeah. is awful you know and i think i think that's why the psalms like i said they they kind of have this collective feeling like you you hear it the first time and that it's cool but i'll tell you when when i read some of the psalms and especially the happy ones um like when my kids were born or like when i got married or yeah. when something amazing happened and you have these joyful ones these amazing ones and then honestly when things go really bad you know you lose a grandparent or someone you're close to gets really sick um or unanswered prayers you're like this is just something i long to see change um and then deep dark nights of the soul i mean you and i talk about this all the time and you know we're very honest around kingsway we try to be with mental health and we have yeah. even scholarships set up for counseling because we believe that 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 is uh, if you break your arm you go to the doctor if your mind and your heart is not right you you go and talk to somebody about it too and there are different levels of that uh health um and you know i've struggled with depression around january february every year i've been in freaking yeah. missouri because my vitamin D goes down because you're not outside as much. It's cold. You're isolated. Uh, yeah. And and it just becomes like a dark, cold world. You know, the sun's yeah. not really out. and There's no option to, to go and really see it. And every year I know that's coming. And I know I have to kind of prepare myself. And I'm not crippled by it normally to like to have yeah. to do it, luckily. But there is just kind of this darkness that kind of can kind of creep in. And I think the psalmists are real about that. And yeah. I love that. You know, there's just yeah. seasons of life where you're like, I'm in Psalm 12. You know, it's like, well, where is everything? You know, I just sent that to one of my friends yeah. that uh, his wife is getting ready to have surgery for cancer in two days. And, you know, we've been talking every day about it. And it's funny that this is the song because I'm like, yeah. yeah, I guarantee, you know, yeah. that I guarantee he's read a lot of these. And yeah. I know that's what he's doing at a coffee shop right now. So it's this psalm kind of asks the question. Does God care about pain and suffering? Does God care that I'm hurting? Mm -hmm. And like, it's, I was just talking to a friend about this recently that like, does like, yes, God cares if you make it into heaven or don't and cares about the numbers of like, who's making it in and who's not. But like, does he care that you hurt in the middle? Does it matter to him mm -hmm. if you make it to heaven, no matter what, but it hurt more. And like, like you're suffering, even if he wouldn't have changed what he did, does it matter? And I think in Jesus, we have a clear answer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, he does. He cares that you've been struggling. You've been struggling for how long and that and that life is sucks and that people treat you bad. And he cares that, like, your body's falling apart. I'm going to talk about John 11 just because I think it's really, really important. Because when we say yes, it's not a confident yes. And, like, a, we're taking an overarching thought of who Jesus is and, like, making a guesstimate. It's, like, direct evidence that yeah. he cares. Um I, I could give you like 10 examples, like the prodigal son, the father runs to the son. He obviously emotionally cared because back then that was completely out of character for a father to run to a son, especially yeah. that had been or that rebellious. 
run at all, right? And yeah. like that's the first change. Disrespectful, like it's ridiculous. It's a sign that he's literally giving up his position of father and just running as a person. Anyway, yeah. that's that's one. But John eleven is my favorite example, and it's when Lazarus dies and he deals with the the sisters coming into the town. Um, yeah. You can go and look this up. And it, it it answers this question like unequivocally, like there's no way to argue it because yeah. it makes no sense if if you don't have a, a God that cares. Because Jesus waits till Lazarus dies, waits three days, shows up late. One of the sisters meets him at the gate, has the theological question of like, I thought you said that he, you know, we are are we actually going to live again? Jesus is like, yes, you have faith. Okay, yeah. cool. Theologically, I'm good. Then runs into the other sister, and the other sister is the heart question: Why yeah. did you let him die? Like where were you? You know, you you that healed. Sounds like you healed song. everyone else. Yeah, and you're late. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And he literally gave her the same answer. Do you believe that you know he'll live again? And she's like, you know, like a psalm. I guess, yeah. I I know that's true, but yeah. it doesn't sound confident, right? Yeah. And so then he calls both of them all over to the grave, and and there's this teeny little line there in verse. I think it's verse. Uh, I'm not gonna have it right. Thirty three, I think, but. Uh, it's the shortest verse in the whole Bible, but it, it literally says uh, in, in English, uh, Jesus wept, and it is mind-blowing to me. And, and when you read that, of course, when someone dies, it's sad, but the, but you have the greatest magic trick. He has the like, solution. Uh, he has the greatest magic and trick. he still <laughs> cries. That's like, like God sacrifices his own son in all the crucifixion accounts. It doesn't seem like the father's like, good work, Jesus, <laughs> when he dies, when he gives up his last breath, like... The, the curtain is torn in two, and for what that may mean theologically, yep. like God's presence is now with us because his son has sacrificed us for our sins, whatever. Like, but it also that's looks also like tearing, his heart. Yeah, the, the, the curtain is part of God's temple, part of God's house. God doesn't necessarily have clothes like in the, in the temple. Like There's no thing that represents his clothes necessarily that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. But when you're in mourning, you tear your garments and you put yep. on sackcloth and ashes. What what is closer to his garments and and weeping and and sorrow than tearing the the curtain to the holy of holies, which people are afraid if you go in there would kill you. Well, now you can see in there because it's torn. Well, and there's I mean, just even going further with this is like I love yeah. the illustration that that's happening at the temple, which is miles away from yeah. Golgotha, and then on the hill, the Roman soldiers that's watching the sky and the ground shake. And, and respond in such a way as Jesus gives up his spirit. His spirit was not taken. It was relinquished. It was allowed to be taken. Um, it, the Roman soldier literally goes, uh, surely this was uh, the son of God. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what Zeus presentation was done in the heavens and yeah. on the earth, but this guy was like, yep, yeah. if there was a son of God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that must have been him. But I, I, I just, to, just to hit on that John 11 thing just a little bit, there's – there's just such an importance to know that between the space of the questions of Mary and Martha and the doubts and the heartache and the brokenness of the, of the whole community about this, this person that Jesus claimed to have loved and him actually bringing him back from the grave and like well, asking him to walk out, that space in between, uh, Jesus doesn't rush through it, make, you know, make some yeah. jokes, get sarcastic, like say like you idiots like why are you mourning it's not like this is going to be forever it, yeah. it, there's none of that it's nothing but compassion and even heartbreak for them in that yeah. pain um and that posture of god that posture of jesus reveals the heart of god in a way that is so incredibly needed at times 
in the way that we invite Jesus into the pain of others. Yeah. You, you need to uh, sit Shiva with them, like that Jewish tradition of matching their emotions. So yeah. if they want to cry, you cry. They want to try to laugh and tell some merriment. You you laugh and tell yeah. some emotion. You want to sit quietly. Sit. That's quietly. why, like, in in spite of the verse that says we don't mourn like those who have no hope, it doesn't just say we don't mourn. No. Like like I, I it's good that Christians have funerals and they're different mm-hmm. than other funerals. Yep. But I don't. If you're listening to this, I don't want you to feel like because you know Jesus, because you know there's a resurrection that you don't have to cry, that you don't have to say you're sad that they're gone Yeah. when when people pass away. But there's a, <laughs> I bring a song every time. There's a song that I've been listening no, to. I love it. If uh, you or or anybody listening has never listened to John Mark McMillan, Past How He Loves, mm-hmm. that song was like a hit in the twenty early 2010s. But like, he's a stupid good songwriter, and he has this part of this song uh, called Nothing Stands Between Us. Mm. And literally the whole chorus is, Nothing stands between us. Nothing stands between us but love now, mm. which makes me think of that curtain torn. But he has this bridge to the song that is like, it's like a psalm like this. He says, have I tried to scale your walls in vain to cross your seas? I've pushed against your waves. What for all the miles have you to say? Mm. Were you there beside me this whole way? This like hard struggle why is it so hard when you're in control? And then this last line, like the realization, like, wait, were you there with me this whole way? Mm. Yeah. And then it, and then it uh, moves to just repeating this line over and over. You always find me in between the thunder and the lightning, like mm. in between the chaos, cause seas are a big chaos metaphor in, in Jewish poetry and Jewish imagery and, Honestly, all ancient imagery like seas are chaos and storms are chaos. And how how scared do the disciples get every time they're on a boat and there's thunder and there's lightning and Mm -hmm. the storm pops up? Like, are we going to die? The thunder and the lightning and Jesus calms it. So to end on, you always find me in between the thunder and the lightning, in between the danger of this storm that I'm in, in, in between whatever. And I think that revealing of that in John 11, in the end of the crucifixion, in this concept of like recognizing that God does not rush through our pain, he does not brush it aside, he does not discount it. It's important that as in, it feels like John 3.16, this is on my, yeah. this is on my yeah. mind, right? Like the love that Jesus has for Lazarus as he goes to raise him to the grave is displayed in his tears. Yeah. And so what happens? He brings him back from the dead. And it's John 3.16. God yeah. so loved Lazarus that he gave him Jesus so yeah. that if he believes, he will not just not die here. He will yeah. die ever again. And yeah. in my mind, the heart that Jesus reveals in John 11 is why John 16 can be written. Yeah, It's why, it's why we know um, that God doesn't just sit up there and, get angry, he sits up there and cries. He sits yeah. up there and gets emotionally frustrated, distraught, sad yeah. over our pain and suffering, even though he knows the ending, even though he knows what's coming. I'm sure it's not a surprise to anybody that one of the biggest um, debates between religious people of different religions and uh, atheists and all this is the problem of evil, the problem of suffering. Mm. And this doesn't answer it. It doesn't say suffering's here so that... Uh, uh, like mm. some answer 
but it does give you an answer to where is God in my suffering? Yeah. That like, there's room for you to be human. There's room for you to have that amygdala response to feel suffering and scream and cry and react. And there's room for you to question, where are you? And none of those are disqualifiers for God's love, for God's presence, for God's comfort in the middle of that. It's he goes through all this. Man, he accuses relational. God. Mm. Where have you been? They're killing orphans and widows and foreigners. They're doing all this. He accuses God to yep. his face. And there's still room. He has not been disqualified. He has not been disowned. There's still room for him in God's family and God's presence. Absolutely. There's still room for God to come in and comfort him. And like not to go full pastor, but I love but please. The, I love the I love this stuff. If there's one thing that I've learned how to talk about really well over the last 10 years, it's pain and suffering. And it's not because I've learned all the answers. It's because there's so many nuance. There's so much, there's so much pain and suffering in the world. And it's such, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's not the worst thing in the world, if it's happening to you and it's affecting you in a negative way, it can be the worst thing you've ever experienced, big or small. And I think we always discount our pain and suffering sometimes until it gets to a level where it affects us physically or it affects us emotionally or affects us psychologically. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's a healthy way of viewing uh, pain and suffering. I think you need to recognize that if it's affecting you, it's affecting you. It doesn't mean that you're weak or it's not, um, or you need to just get over it you can't play the victim, but you need to deal with it. You need to to work through it. Um, When we talk about Job, a lot of, a lot of the times we reference this, but I think it's really important to remember um, Job is the oldest chronological book that we have when it comes to just like historical... Like, like earliest written. Yeah, and, and it, when it comes to like the historical records that we have. Now that uh, maybe Genesis came first, we don't know. But the, as far as like what we have template-wise, Job came first. Of what we know, there yeah. is scholarly consensus that it came first. Yes, and yeah. it, that's not complete consensus. I shouldn't say that, but for the most part, yeah. it's it's a high percentage. Yeah, and to me, it makes perfect sense because as weird as this sounds, like I feel like we learn at an earlier age uh, about suffering than we think about where we came from, and it's yeah. not that. It's not that uh, uh, you're not, <laughs> as a child, you're like, where did I come from? And there's an easy answer. Well, your mom and I, you know what I mean? That's an easy answer, like from your parents. But to think about like, no, no, like where, where did everyone come from? That's just not a question that I think very many people ask very quickly. Now we get there, most yeah. people do, but it's not something that I think we start with. But you want to talk about what you do quickly figure out, whether you're a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, or a 15-year-old is why isn't life fair? Yeah. Why is it so hard? Why, why does it hurt? Why does it hurt? That question comes up quick, and it comes up fast, and the answers are incredibly complicated and difficult, and there's not a whole lot there. And what I love about Job is the answer that you get in Job is spectacular. It's yeah. terrible, but it's spectacular because the answer you get in Job is there are plenty of things in the world that you don't understand that you're totally fine with. You don't understand exactly how the sun works. You don't exactly understand how the planet rotates. You don't exactly understand how you don't fall off of this giant globe. I was listening to Neil, what's his face, talk about... Um, a Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yes. Oh, my gosh. He was talking about the, the Earth the other day. Ryan, this blew my mind. He said, if you took the Earth and shrunk it to the size of a cue ball, it would be smoother than any cue ball you've ever held in your entire life. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, because the the range of depth from the deepest ocean to the highest mountain is six miles. 
but it's I did watch this and he said eleven miles. Okay, eleven miles. Okay, but that's yeah. But it's like it's it's legitimately. I think it's six miles deep, five miles high. So that's right. yeah, yeah, something yeah, like so that. It's yeah, a, yeah. So he says eleven miles, and he said, but the the Earth is twelve thousand something something miles across yeah. through the center. Yeah, he's like that's. That margin of error for the the side of a cue ball is like, and he you know gave the math on it. He's like, yeah. we're better. Like the Earth is better. He's like, that's insane. Yeah. All right. So Joe gets that answer basically. Yeah. Did you make the Earth this? Smooth? Where were you? <laughs> yes. And then and then yeah. the end. The suffering is left in the same space. And he didn't solve it. He, he didn't, didn't solve take it, it away. Like, he didn't give a reason that like, makes it okay. He's like, I I know I know you want to know all the answers. The answers are that complicated. Yeah. The answers are that complicated. As complicated as it would be for me to explain how I did this, this suffering yeah. is that complicated. And then what he goes on to say is, just so you know, Genesis. <laughs> you yeah. know I mean? Like, just so you know, it was supposed to be this way. This yeah. is where I was yeah. when I did this. So, yeah. Um, that's, okay, not to reference The Chosen way too much, but that's one of my favorite little moments. <laughs> it's like the end of uh, season one or something like that. Uh, maybe and um, he's letting John. Jesus is letting John pick out what scripture he reads uh, at this at <laughs> yep, this like yeah, synagogue, yeah. whatever. And he was like, "Why don't we do the beginning?" I've loved the beginning. And Jesus goes, "That's one of my favorite memories." Like he was there because he was John one. It was it was this big like 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 cosmic flex. Like mm-hmm. I loved that part of my life. <laughs> When I built that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, this has been such a good episode, and I love how these conversations start in a small, you know, 94th uh, psalm, yeah. and then they expand out because I, I do think, I do think it's so cool that the psalms are at the center of our Bible because yeah. I do think they sit at the center of a nation that was crying out for a Savior and for a, a new kingdom that looks back yeah. with hope in their suffering. Yeah. And that the heart of God sits at the center and it Jesus reflects it and it's such a it's such yeah. a powerful thing. Please utilize the Psalms. Um Billy Graham used to say I read a psalm, a proverb, a chapter of the Old Testament and a chapter of the New every day. And I always I always thought oh that's kind of cute or whatever. And now I get it way yeah. more. It's like oh work on this wisdom. You know, yeah. may not be sa- you know salvational, but I'll work on this wisdom. Uh, I'll let my heart be checked by a psalm. I'll remember how it was harder to to trust in a God that hadn't showed up yet. <laughs> in, as a person all uh, the time. Yep. Yeah. You know, but the promise was still there. Yeah. And then I will reflect on the intense conviction that the people that walked with Jesus had. Yeah. And I will reflect on that and I will believe in that faith. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that makes really good sense. Um, well, this, I, I enjoy these so much, man. One last thing. Yeah. This is also why I love... Uh, celebrating Advent along with Christmas. We we may not do it the most traditional way anybody's ever done it. We may not use all the colors and whatever for the seasons. But Advent leading up to Christmas yeah. is the Old Testament leading up to new. Mm-hmm. It's you on earth leading up with your normal human body, leading up to your resurrected, remade body. It's you saying, even though Jesus has already shown up in the past, God, where are you in our suffering world right now? Yeah. When will you set all things right? Like Revelation five, the martyrs. Yeah. When will you avenge us? Not until more blood has been shed and and more of you join me. Like when and and but also in your current situation, God, when will you show up? When will you give me some answer, some direction in the middle of 
this cancer, this this yeah. like joblessness, whatever. You're crying out to Jesus still. You're crying out to the Father still for some momentary meeting, for some momentary comfort, for some future comfort. So these still apply to us today in the present. Oh, 100%. It's, and just to draw for full curtain, man. Yeah. Full curtain. See that? Yeah. When it's not one day of a Passover celebration yeah. anymore. It's every day. Yeah. It's not one day when the nation is cleansed and perfect. No, it's yeah. all days. Walk together, right? And it's not just a lead up to a Passover celebration. It's a lead up to a complete new form of celebration, a kingdom, a walk in the garden. Yeah. You know, it's a wedding not, banquet of a lamb. Exactly. And yeah. I think I think a lot of the things that we do here reflect trying to get to a place where we where we let the Psalms in a way become part of our natural tendency of understanding yeah. there's lament, there's joy, there's celebration, there's grieving, there's heartache, but we yeah. don't do it without hope. We don't yeah. do it without Jesus at the center of it or even with us when yeah. we're hurting. Um, and that's just a different kind of faith. That's a different kind of walk um, when you know that you're hurting and, and Jesus doesn't have to wait in the temple for you to get there. <laughs> it's yeah. like, no, he's like, I'm right here, man. Yeah. I'm with you. Um and when he celebrates our victories too, I think yeah, I think God is like a, a God like celebrating his kids, even though it's yeah. a stupid drawing and it may yeah. not be anything. He's <laughs> even like, though this he is drew the greatest Mount thing. Everest, <laughs> so. and it was real. Well, I hope you enjoyed yeah. today. Leave a comment or uh, send us a message if you have any ideas for what what you want to see us do next. We've already uh, done a couple of those, and those have been highly uh, enjoyed and honestly yeah. had great feedback. So always do that if uh, you're listening on any of your uh, podcast apps uh, feel free to leave us a review and uh, you know Apple Podcast Spotify Podbean Podbean any Podbean <laughs> fans out there podcast addict <laughs> so um, yeah hope you enjoyed today and uh, thanks for watching mom and uh, have a great and glorious day in the Lord we'll see you later see you mom